Hey everybody and welcome back to the Arizona Field Podcast. Today we have a pretty cool episode. Uh, we sat down, or I sat down, with Jessica Manuel. Jessica is the operations manager for Canyon Coolers and an all-around badass hunter. Um, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty with this. We made it through pretty much the entire episode. Uh, everything was going really great. We had a fantastic conversation. And then I realized that none of it had written to the SD card. So we kind of laughed it off, jumped back in, and then uh, what you're hearing is actually the rehash of the entire conversation, which we hit some points that we hadn't talked about before. So you'll, you'll hear us referencing that initial point uh, to kind of give ourselves little mental notes for where we were. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, Jessica was awesome to talk to. It's isn't it funny how some you can go into a meeting with somebody you've never met in your life, but once you find out that they too are an outdoorsman, you just click. You know you can have that great conversation and and instantly get the laughs, and that's something I love about this podcast is it has allowed me to have these great conversations and meet these awesome people. Um, I know I've probably sounded infomercially before just because, you know, I get nervous talking to new people. But sometimes, you know, you just click. And nothing against my previous guests. I've had some great conversations. I've I've clicked with with many of them. But this one is definitely a click. And I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast because I know I had an awesome time doing it. Um, I just got back from a turkey hunt. Uh... Yeah, so as soon as I packed up from talking with Jessica, I shot down into Unit 6A, um, and I was helping out NWTF. It was being, I was actually put on by the National Wild Turkey Federation um, through the Mingus Mountain uh, Longbeard chapter. I'm sorry, Tim, if I just butchered that, but we, it was put on by them. It was an, it's an awesome opportunity. Uh, we had a ton of kids. I think there was well over 100 people in camp. Um, you know, they took, you know, it was COVID precautions, but over a hundred people in camp, including parents, a few birds got shot, but all these kids, you know, they walked away with, you know, all these free calls and just this awesome experience of being able to chase Miriam's turkeys in Arizona. Um, I know that the, the, the young lady that I mentored, um, her and her father came out, uh, actually, and her mother and, and brother as well, um, came out. We had a fantastic time. We got on some birds. We had, at one time, we had five toms just rattling all around us at daylight. But unfortunately, as it goes with turkey hunts, it just didn't work out. Um, but they're going to be going back here pretty soon. I think they said they're going to pick up, try to pick up one of the OTC tags. And get after it again. Uh, I know mom has a tag starting this week. So good luck. If you guys happen to listen to this. I hope you guys get on a bird. Um, And with that. I think that's all I'm going to mention right now. So let's hit this button. We'll jump in and start having some laughs with Jess. But alright. Let's. I guess just got to remember what we talked about. We'll start over. (laughs) But um. Yeah, so today we're sitting down <laughs> with um, Jessica Manuel. Uh, Jessica works for Canyon Coolers. Um, this is actually a redo we just did. It was like 35 minutes and <laughs> found out that nothing went onto the SD card. So this is a redo. Um, hopefully we can remember everything we talked about. 
Because I thought it was going very well. It was going great. But, um, <laughs> so I guess thank you for coming on again, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Anytime. Um, but yeah, Jessica works. You're the operations manager, correct? I am. Yes. For Canyon Coolers. Um, I guess if you don't mind rehashing everything already, uh, do you mind giving us a little background on yourself and uh, like how you came to Canyon and mm-hmm. we'll go through that whole. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I've been at Canyon Coolers for about a year and a half. Uh, they hired me as their operations manager. So a lot of customer service, answer the phone, all the ordering, logistics, shipping. Um, I wear a lot of hats here. But I ended up here. Um, I got a text message one day from someone that said Canyon Coolers was looking for an ops manager. So I applied, uh, wowed them, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> came in like I own the place for my interview and um asked when they would my when my first day was and was hired so it's been fun nice um, yeah there it's a very very laid back group of people who love the outdoors um everybody here does something outdoors whether it's uh rafting hiking overland climbing um hunting um i fall into the hunting part of it so <laughs> it's a good uh, culture and environment to be in that's pretty cause we were talking um because you've got a pretty extensive hunting background i'm calling it extensive Exten- <laughs> i don't know about extensive but uh adult on adult onset i hate that term but um, it's a weird it's 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 an appropriate and yet odd term to use all the same time. It is. Yeah. I um, basically, uh, we didn't talk about this last time, but I had taught myself in college pretty okay. much. Um, just I didn't, my family didn't do it, but I had friends that did it. So I thought, well, why not? Let's, let's do that. Like, I like to shoot anyways. So, <laughs> so, um, you so said you got into a college, what, just your friends hunted? My friends hunted. Yeah. I grew up around people that hunted. It just wasn't something that we did. So, um, it was, looking for things to do in that spare time in college and decided to grab some over-the-counter tags and and um, a big learning curve when you're trying to do it that way. Right. But, um, you know. So what was your first, because um, we talked about this before, um, you're I mean, just like four out of five people in Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all transplants, transplants around yep. here. Um, did you start? In Oregon, was it your first? Yeah, Oregon was the first. Uh, we, you could get over-the-counter blacktail tags, so that's that's kind of where it started. Um, and then some bird hunt, basic, little bit of bird hunting. But um, not till I came to Arizona did I really uh, get into it. Just yeah, as much. <laughs> as much. Yep. yep. Um. So. Because this is up, right? This is this is new territory. Cause we didn't talk about this in the on the <laughs> previous version. Um, and folks are gonna get sick of me referencing that, but I just I can't believe that card didn't write. <laughs> but um, so you got you've been doing it. Um, what was the biggest difference? I mean, apart from I mean, you got Oregon blacktails, mm-hmm. um, very you know coastal, big woods, mm-hmm. rainforest, and then you come to Arizona. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a, it's that's gonna be one hell of a learning curve. Um, yeah, Arizona, you learn to shoot long range, <laughs> <laughs> um, or at least you might be able to be a little bit more prepared than just you know try to aim and shoot at something that jumps out in front of you. At, you know, 
right. 10 yards, um, which led to a lot of frustration. Um, and although I will say I do like not having to wear rain gear when you go hunting, just because the grass is to your armpits up there. Um, right. You know, at least on the western side of the state, it is. Um, but Right. They had the true yeah. rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Um, what is your go-to species here? Here, um, yeah, uh, elk. After hunting them <laughs> uh, uh, early in the rut, uh, that early archery, um, and that's the other thing. Like I never picked up a bow because I just didn't until I had met my husband, and he's like, "Here, we go archery hunting. So if you want to go hunting with us, then you have to learn how to do this." And um, um, so that was fun because he handed me one of his bows that he used when he was a teenager and, and, uh, they don't, they're not conducive to being very accurate when you try to adjust it for a beginner. Um, but, uh, so after a couple months I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Let's buy, let's buy a, you know, a nice bow. So, um, and I have not hunted with a rifle since. Really? Um, yeah. One, I can't draw a rifle tag in the state. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a big so, part of it. <laughs> um, although I'd love to, uh, but I, everything's been with a bow since then, you know, or birds with shotgun. So that's been really cool. Um, but elk and uh, javelina. Yeah. Yep. You got to love them little stink pigs. They are so fun. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're. I'm trying to take a little while rehash, but <laughs> and tasty. Yeah. If anybody doesn't agree, then just come on over. I'll change your mind. What's your go-to recipe for them? We uh, honestly make a bunch of sausage, and this year we actually did. Um, I guess you could call them snack sticks, if you will. Okay. But you know, like small, you know, like Slim Jim style, like Slim Jim style stuff. Um, you know that we smoked. Um, uh, we do a lot of breakfast sausage for them, which yeah. I have a really hard time going back to regular pork breakfast <laughs> sausage now after this. I mean, we mix it with some pork, but but uh, finally after after the in-laws have perfected the recipe for a couple decades, like this breakfast sausage is money. The chorizo is money. Um, we did some hot Italian um that's been so good. <laughs> I do got. I am curious. So when you said you're doing breakfast sausage, are you doing like link style, or are you doing like like um like crumble style? Uh, sausage? ground like crumble style. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, I'll make sausage patties or whatever out of them to make breakfast sandwiches, or which yeah. make great hunting food, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hunting camp food, or you pre-cook those breakfast burritos and freeze them, and then just. Yeah, warm those up when you're out. So yeah. there, that's yeah, that'd be hard because I know when I when we when I was a kid we we uh, we raised hogs, mm -hmm. and now I haven't done that with a javelina, but um, but you know we when you take them to the we would um, we do the slaughter, but we take them to a processor, mm -hmm. and then he would do the 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 cutting up for us, um, you know you do your list of what you want and uh, the breakfast sausage for whatever reason that crumble sausage maybe it's just because it was that guy's spice blend mm -hmm. but it's always so much better than link oh <laughs> yes i don't know what it is if it's just because it's not all you know casing or what but yeah spoiled the in-laws are from wisconsin and so they go there every fall and bring back 
their favorite seasoning mix. And then every Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, the family and some of the people that do have Lena camp with us, we get together and it's three days of, of eating and having a good time and processing <laughs> everything um, from that season, like right before we get ready for the next season. That's cool. Yeah, and that's one, one year. One year we did like three hundred pounds of meat because we, everybody went hunting everywhere. We had bear, we had elk, we had um, uh, some doll sheep. Like all this stuff just got all done. I, you know, in one sitting over the holidays because. Not gonna lie, you threw <laughs> me when you said doll sheep. That's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the we get to go hunt in Alaska from time to time, so it's pretty cool, and. Uh, uh, did you did you get the, the doll or no. no 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 not me <laughs> nope um but I have last year we hunted moose and caribou up there and a couple years before that we hunted spring bear so that's pretty cool yeah what'd you think of Alaska um so the first time I ever went was a few years ago um and I had told my husband that if we ever went there, it was going to have a hard time bringing me back to Arizona. <laughs> I love it. I'd move in a heartbeat. He wouldn't, but um, <laughs> I would go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of folks say. You know, I've never been, but everybody says Alaska is just that's where you want to be. Granted, I, mean, I haven't been there in the winter where you have like four hours of daylight. But um, yeah, but I feel like that'd be. Not maybe not easy to get through, but it would just be something you would deal with. It yeah. would just be yeah, you use the four hours and light a candle and start reading a book or something. <laughs> I guess I don't know what I they do up know. there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they do up there when it's so dark and. Cause, I mean, the cold isn't bad. Cause, I mean, you're not you're not spending every day, you know, outside in it. You know, when it's that negative forty, negative fifty. Yeah, but, but those. Uh I am highly allergic to mosquitoes, and they oh. are brutal. Yeah, up there, they don't bother everybody, but they, for some reason, really like. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So some so, I think folks are gonna get sick of me talking about this in the podcast. But I'm from Northern New York, <laughs> yep. um, and we're the same way. Is it was it's 30 miles to Canada, and you know, and then Southern Canada has a reputation for a lot of mosquitoes and a lot of black flies. And we get black fly season in in June, uh, May into June. And it's just, like, I remember walleye fishing, you know, we'd have the boat half a mile, mile offshore, mm-hmm. and the windshield of the boat would just be black. That's gross. Just with, <laughs> just with black flies. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's, the mosquitoes I can deal with. You got citronella, you got, but the black flies, them punkies. Yeah. Well, I went up there and, uh, um, when we went up, it was the end of May, and so the big, dumb, slow ones were the first ones to come out. <laughs> um, and so I'm standing there, and I had them spray me down with DEET, like seriously from head to toe. What I didn't think about was when I sat down, you know, and your pockets open up some, and so I had so many bites where they were going in your pocket because that that was the only part of me that wasn't covered in DEET, oh. and so just like, and then it rubs when you're walking through the brush, you know, and just dang miserable but you get used to smelling like deet and citronella for right. <laughs> after a while yeah that's yeah i'm just thinking back to new york and how much i hated <laughs> mosquito season because i was just thinking too like i got this like my water bottle here i remember as a kid um they'd always tell us put our 
for I, I'm just going back to black flies. Um, they always have us put our black our bottles on top of our heads. Okay. Because they always said the the flies go to the highest point. So if you put your head your your bottle up there, they'll swarm your bottle, not your face. But your hand is still up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either that, you see some you know somebody will hiking um up in the Adirondacks. They have a they have like a boonie, like a like a bucket hat mm-hmm. with like a ruler up there, and then okay. they they think the flies swarm are gonna the... swarm the ruler. Man. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of redneck tricks kind of <laughs> stuff, but um, but here in Arizona, I mean, we're pretty lucky here. So I, are the bugs bad up here in no. Flag? No. no, not at all. You'll get some mosquitoes over by Lake Mary later in the summer, but it's not bad at all. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, cause I know. I'm, I mean, I spend most of my time down in Sonora, down in the valley, and you know, there's nothing down there. We have scorpions, right? But <laughs> eh, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, here in Flag, I mean, you guys have it. This is like kind of the place to be, I think. I mean, you guys, you still get a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were just making. I made the comment about how much cooler it is here right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I pulled up. It's it's what noon? Actually, it's five afternoon and. It's like fifty something degrees outside, yep. and it was already seventy five when I left uh, Phoenix at daylight. Yeah, we are officially done with winter, and uh, it's not spring. It's just the, the season up here right now is wind. Yes, yeah. it was so bad the last couple of days. Yeah, um, it's been and mud season. You get off the you get off of the pavement anywhere. And like like that's where I'm heading down to to Turkey Camp to help out with an NWTF camp here pretty soon and. It's what I'm thinking about. It's just going to be just muddy mm-hmm. trails, and everything's going to be closed. Yeah, get that red mud stuck all over everything. Yeah. Yep. But it'd be kind of nice, um, just for the fact that I'm going to use. I get to like go help kids hunt turkeys, but then I'm scouting for my own hunt <laughs> <laughs> in the same unit. Perfect. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you too. You got a turkey tag. I did coming up. I did. Um, yeah, I drew a turkey tag finally yeah so we'll see how that goes <laughs> luckily it's close to home um so you know you can go hunt then come to work be really tired at work right <laughs> but but uh so you said this is your first turkey tag here in arizona my first turkey tag yeah i don't know how many points i have but i can't believe i can't draw a turkey tag in this state well that's what <laughs> we were talking about is you used more tags more points for a turkey tag than <laughs> yeah. you did for an elk tag i did <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah that's yeah for a, a tag that admittedly like, it seems like not a lot of guys go after here it's like turkey's not a fo- like it's, it's just something to do yeah kind of species yep you know, versus, you know, like back east or up north. I mean, up north, it seems like more guys are going after, it seems like spring bear is mm-hmm. the big one. And spring bear, you know, bear is big here, but it seems like the more later season, the fall, they, they get chased more in the fall. Right. Um, there's a few dedicated bear guys. Um, I know we did a podcast with uh, Josh Kirchner a little while back, and um, that guy is all about the bears. Yeah. Like, that guy is... He, He's got it figured out pretty much when it comes to, to chasing them things. But um, I do want to talk about uh, your family's been pretty dang lucky as far as the elk scene elk scene goes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> draw, draw tags in Arizona leave a lot of room, I think, for some jealousy. <laughs> 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 uh, I didn't get drawn this year, but my husband did. 
Um, so we are on our third year in a row of early archery elk hunting here. Um, very, very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> two years, well, I guess it would be 2019 I hunted Unit 9, and then last year I hunted Unit 8. This year my husband has Unit 10. And I'm very excited to actually uh, be his spotter, um, help him. He's been amazing, um, you know, hunting partner the last couple of years. And yeah. uh, just very excited to be on the other side of that. I'm not the one carrying the bow this time. And um, Right, pressure's off. Pressure is <laughs> off. Um, but he's got a specific goal, you know, in mind. There's a couple really, really big elk hanging on the wall at home but um you know they they don't net where he wants it to be so what's if you don't mind what's his goal <laughs> he wants to he wants a net 375 this year so we have a couple gross scoring elk that are a little bit bigger than that but they don't net to make uh the record book so yeah um 375 that's a hell of a goal yeah it's the, the unit he drew though it's doable. Yep. Especially if they if if we're gonna get the monsoons that they're saying we're gonna get. Yeah, hopefully. I mean though. <laughs> I mean they might start out short in the front, but they might have some pretty good whale tails on them by the mm -hmm. time if, you know if if we get this rain. If I mean, we get it, yeah. I mean that's gonna be. I mean knock on coolers. Mm -hmm. I mean that's. Um. So, how did your your hunts go when you had those the unit eight and the unit nine tags? Um, nine was was phenomenal i growing up in oregon you had rocky mountain elk and roosevelt elk um depending on what side of the state that you're on yeah. um and to go hunt in unit nine the caliber of elk that you just <laughs> run into on the ground when you out walking around it's like you're in a theme park to be honest with you yeah it's, it's just incredible um and it, it, uh, honestly, I got tired of like, oh, look, it's a six by another six by. Can we see something different besides another <laughs> six by? Like, <laughs> we find something that's like, you know, got some character. Oh, six by. Yeah, give me oh. a big five by. Come on. <laughs> just like something. Um, but just, just neat. Have them screaming in your face. Have them. <clears throat> They're hard to chase on the ground, especially in the pinion. Um, yeah. But super exciting when they get close. And uh, at one one point, probably my most memorable part of that hunt, and it's not the bull that I took, but um, they were coming through the trees or in front of them. The wind is right. Arrows knocked. And um, there's three cows and probably a bull about 350, and they're coming. And they can turn one of two ways. Well, they went the way they shouldn't have. And uh, you're face to face with a 350 bull at about 12 yards, and he's got three of his cows between you and him. Like you can reach out and poke one with your bow, and like, what do you do? You just right, <laughs> just yeah, just ride, yeah, yeah just ride yeah. the high. The kinda. adrenaline is absolutely amazing. And once they oh. figured it out, they took off and they ran, and he stopped perfect broadside, like at 40 yards, with a juniper tree between him and I. Like nothing you could Always. do. Like, but that was probably the coolest thing ever um and then uh there was a few days of nothing and then you start second guessing you know should you have shot something but i had a goal in mind and yep. ended up second to the last evening um you know took one 
And that was pretty cool. We There were six bulls in the tank just splashing around and a bunch of cows. And it was just like some of the most exciting <laughs> stuff ever. <laughs> I think the farthest... Uh, the, the farthest that any of them were from us was about 28 yards. So just to have that all happening, like right in front of you, is pretty intense. So, no kidding. Yeah. Six bulls at 20, that 28, yeah. that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's really. And, and <laughs> you know, and it was, and what's weird about it is the hunt is so early in the fall, you know, that that rut is just getting started towards the end of that hunt. So things are really heating up and just waiting for that moment or to see all that happening was just pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. They've got kind of a. I mean, I know a lot of states start September first, you know, and we're we start so late. Mm-hmm. But even then, the rut isn't. I mean, there's bulls bugling good into you know mid October yep. still down yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but this year, if I remember, it's kind of a later start date. If the ninth is it the ninth? I th- no, might be. Oh, I was thinking we were closer to the fifteenth this year. But, but I haven't looked at the regs in a while. It's I, earlier. I, oh, it's an earlier year. year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking. Of the 19, we started on the 13th of September. This year's the 9th or 10th. The 10th. It's the 10th this year. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you'll still have a few bulls running summer pattern. Yep. They were quiet last year. Yeah, um, they, were. they were real hard to get to talk back to you last year, and uh, yeah, they were the elk. It seemed like nobody really. The guys in December seemed like they were doing better than the guys in September were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a twenty twenty. It was yeah. just twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Nothing made sense last year. It was it was very different going from from unit nine to unit eight unit eight is um i've never experienced road hunters like i did this last year and um so spent the first three days just like looking at people like what are you guys doing (laughs) i can't wait for monday when y'all go home right Um, (laughs) (laughs) which was which was cool because monday the elk actually started coming back out and uh yeah oh they they know the pressure it's yeah they know the game that's Yeah. yeah Yeah, because that's one thing that I've had a frustration with here is the road hunters. Um, I don't know if the like how successful are they? I don't know. I I mean, you're spending a lot of money. I mean, it's a hundred and forty-eight dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time your application, your tag to go f- for a drive. I don't know. I watched a guy drive down the road uh, in front of me. We were uh, on a herd, and he come down the road. Didn't even turn his truck off, bugle out the window, listen for like two and a half seconds, and then drive another hundred yards and do it again. And um, what was great for us, <laughs> what was great for us is because we were already like headed towards the herd. And so as he's going, we didn't have to do anything. We just listened for, you know, the return call and yeah. walked towards it. <laughs> but hey, that I, works. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what people are, are doing. But yeah, uh, it's... Oh, people are Anyways. weird. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're playing baseball or chasing elk. People are going to do some weird some stuff. Some weird stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's, but 2020. 2020. So, <laughs> uh, 2020, um, it was – and I, I definitely wanted to talk about Canyon yep. in 2020 because, one, I mean, it was, it was a phenomenon year. I mean, mm-hmm. it was the pandemic 
unto itself, you know, it's yeah, all the stuff's going on there with, you know, people getting sick and and all the stuff that what happened with government and but one of the things that they did kind of helps the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of that silver lining kind of setup. And that was everybody was outdoors. Yes. Because they couldn't do anything else in yes. in the valley. Um, for an outdoor gear supplier mm-hmm. like Canyon is, how did that impact you guys? The the one good thing about it is uh, when they said that hardware stores were essential and we supply har- hardware stores, um, all of us got to keep working. Um, it was real tentative um, prior to that announcement on what we were going to be able to do because um, yeah. we have a lot of of dealers and and um, we had a lot of dealers that uh, shut their doors for a couple months because they didn't know what was going to happen right. um, but at the same time because everybody went outside they wanted coolers yes yeah. um, <laughs> you know for a while we had coolers so we sold everything <laughs> uh, we sold all our seconds all our blems like everything we got cleared out of here and then um, because of COVID and everything that was shipping medical supplies masks all that stuff that was on boats like there wasn't a lot of room on um containers uh we we have coolers that are made here in arizona we also have some coolers that are are made overseas so and the majority of them come from overseas but getting that here because of port congestion or people would get sick at the port so they'd shut it down for a week and uh so we went through a couple of periods where we had no inventory coming in um but it all showed up late and luckily, all our customers still took all their orders, um, so we came through it pretty well. Yeah, because you were saying there were customers. Um, it was like up to like six months. Yes. To get, but but before everything got you know sorted itself out. Yes. Yeah. So there's back orders on our desk that were sitting there for literally five and six months, and luckily all those folks were like, "Yeah, we still want coolers. We, you know, where our doors are back open, we're still selling them." Um, but at that point, you know, how many people were still recreating, um, right. you know, in Arizona, you can camp year round. Right. Um, so. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I got in the habit, I call them COVID campers, just, <laughs> yes. which, but it's, 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 it's good. And it's, it's good. And I can't really say it's bad. It's just inconvenient. Yeah. Really. Cause like, like, cause my thing was like, I was talking about like, go up to like, um, up to Payson and just going trying to fish the East Verde mm-hmm. and you couldn't park. Couldn't park. You yep. couldn't fish. I mean, you could fish, but you were going to walk a mile just to get to the shore, or, yeah. you know, to, to a piece of something. And, but at the same time, you got all these folks are in the outdoors mm-hmm. and they're maybe appreciating it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we're getting all these new folks out there. Um, I remember hearing multiple times that Game and Fish was just, blown records with fishing license sales and i mean there was a uh what was it it was a hundred and seventy five hundred eighty thousand applicants for this our most recent draw for the Mm -hmm. elk and pronghorn draw Mm -hmm. which set records set records yes yeah which i mean i think that was part of what happened why it didn't happen for so Mm -hmm. you know why it was what like a week and a half delayed or something like that and yep yeah but it was nice because it seemed like a lot of folks got tags a lot of folks got tags, yeah. Yeah. We we noticed it January for Javelina. There's usually leftovers. There's like barely any. Um, yeah. We saw a lot more people out uh, this year where we hunt. It was very busy. 
Um, it was very busy. Even folks just out, because like, well, you mentioned just a second ago, is you know you can camp year round here. Mm-hmm. Folks were doing that. Doing that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome to see that many folks out. But it was again, it was just inconvenient because like, well, you know. You want to go do something? Yeah, I want to. I want to go too. Go do it. Yeah, <laughs> I like to hike and not see people. And I'm driving from here almost to Happy Jack just to not have to hike with someone else. Like, yeah, that's yeah. But I mean, again, putting a silver lining on it is it's kind of forcing the folks who are already outdoorsy mm-hmm. to go to those even more remote. So you got those areas are being utilized, mm-hmm. and you know you're learning a new country and. You know that's that's one of my favorite parts about being an outdoorsman is I get to see stuff that not a lot of other folks get right. to see. Right. Yeah, it's just one of those. You know, you, well, you hear all the time now because you know everybody's really playing down um, the kill. Um, sure. Um, everything is about the experience, and it really is. I mean, uh, uh, the shot is a moment mm-hmm. in time, but I carry a rifle for a reason. Kind of thing, but at the same time, it's um, and I don't know how. I've had conversations with other guys about this, other folks, and do you? This is a question I want. Do you ever remember pulling the trigger? Like that, 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 like that synopsis in your head, that, that synapse of only when I take a bad shot. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know that one fully. <laughs> okay. I don't think you'll ever forget that because you'll never do that again. Uh, right. Well, you learn from it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, or or the super lucky shots, like I cannot believe that worked. Um, but I will say, when I hunted with a rifle, I don't remember. Yeah. That's... Um. Taking the shot at all. Yeah, but, and that's yeah. and that's exactly what I I um. We, I've had so I've I try to bring up this conversation conversation with just about everybody is, mm-hmm. hey, do you remember? And so far, especially with the rifles, nobody remembers. At least the good shots. Yeah. <laughs> nobody remembers. You know, you remember. You might remember. You know, if you're running a scope, the crosshair setting down, mm-hmm. or, you know, hitting place. Or you remember, a faint remembrance of when that rifle finally barks. Yep. But you don't remember your finger moving, and you don't remember the recoil. Nope. But everything else, it's just that everything flash else. in time. It oh, just yeah. Don't remember the recoil. Don't remember, you know, that hearing loss in your right ear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is that ringing that's gone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because nobody ever, I mean, I know. Actually, I think I know one guy that hunts with hearing protection. Mm-hmm. And I... I gotta give the guy props because he is anal about it. Like he he's got those Walker, the, yep. the muffs. Yep. And but he's the only person I've met in my life that wears them hunting. Even mm-hmm. um. Good for him. Yeah, I I can't do it. It's yeah. um, I've gone duck hunting with him. He throws them on. Um, I mean they're they're camouflage. So it's not like you know it's this other bright orange set of of earmuffs on. Um, but. We were out javelina hunting this year, and this is the guy on the previous try to do this episode. Um, he was he hunts with a muzzleloader. He's got mm-hmm. the, the the flintlock, and uh, we were out hunting, and these pigs turned up at like sixty yards or so, 
a little bit too far, and we're trying to, but they're angling like they're going to be a good shot. And he took the time. He 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 had time um, to put muffs on before a muzzleloader shot. So I. That's not something. I would have dealt with the ringing. <laughs> yeah. We probably should have worn them for quail hunting this year. There's so many birds, but. Uh, oh, there was so many quail yeah. this year. I mean, yeah. I don't. I really. I don't want to seem like a pessimist, but I don't think we're going to see that again. Not for Might a, while. Be a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I was talking with um, uh, a couple of the game and fish biologists and talk about how this is what. This was like what the average was back in the 80s. And, you know, but for folks that are new to Arizona, um, you know, at the end of the season, um, I had this one spot. I can't hunt it with a dog. There's so much cholla. Right. But, uh, you know, we were still, that covey was still about 125, 150 birds strong. That's incredible. And, like, see, yeah, it's <laughs> like you're, you're, we're popping off. You know, Covey's, you know, 75, 80, 100 birds. You had to spook them once just to make them into a manageable size. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I hunt with a Labrador, mm-hmm. and just to make it, you know, we'd, we'd go in and, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd do the initial pop. Then you all right, there's a Covey over there. You know, swirkle on that one. And then we, we, I always do three bumps, and we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, so we're done with these guys. Let's go do two more bumps with the other, mm-hmm. other Coveys. Um, still couldn't shoot very well but <laughs> but no but no these coveys like you were getting so much opportunity out of one covey right it was unreal um but i know we're just getting into breeding season right now i've been uh i've been hearing reports with a little bit of nesting here and there um so i guess we'll just kind of see see what happens see what happens yeah, yeah. that rain and forage sure makes a difference yeah yeah because yeah. i mean i was talking to john and he was talking about how um, with the gambles, anyways, there it's a pretty much a direct correlation to our winter rains. Um, and it's I don't think we got enough winter rains. We didn't get much in Phoenix. I don't know how you guys did up it's here. It's not real good up here. I mean, we got a little bit yeah. of snow, but it didn't really. Yeah, there wasn't like any rain, uh, a couple just a couple days, and uh, it's it's not enough. It's going to be a pretty dire situation, I think, again this year. So, I mean, obviously, you guys don't have quail this far north. Right. I mean, we're in Flagstaff, but the way that that's going, I'm reading is, do you think the tanks are going to be just have anything in them this year? I haven't. This is my first time in northern Arizona since like last. December so I don't know it was real interesting to see how many went dry um last year and I don't you know they're not going to fill up it's going to be anything that anybody can haul water to is all that's going to yeah. probably have stuff in it this year so yeah it's going to be a heavy ranch or a, a hauling year again. yes yeah which is very unfortunate but I mean one I kind of take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, they're, they're talking about we might have a good monsoon year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've heard reports of forty uh, percent above average, mm-hmm. um, which I mean would be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully they do. Um, but I know one grain of salt I've always had with growing up in the snow belt was the more the meteorolog- meteorologist yelled and told us to to sit down or to to buckle down. 
the less we got. <laughs> you know, oh, we're going to get three feet. Well, you got like an inch and a an half. An inch and a half, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, the more they yell, the less you worry yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. I'm really hoping it's going to be the opposite for the monsoons this year. Hopefully these Arizona um, weather folks are a lot better than the East Coast ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what they say is the, is the only job you're going to be wrong 70% of the time and still have a job. Still have a job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I suppose since we pr- probably should talk more about Canyon a bit more, <laughs> um, although I love talking just elk hunting. But um, so you guys, I mean, obviously uh, you ran out of stock last year because everybody was buying everything. Yeah. Um, when did stuff start to become normal again? December. De- no, <laughs> really? November, December. Um, and shipping is still not back to normal so we're probably six to eight weeks behind on inventory right now okay um uh so yeah it's not back to normal but uh, sales are certainly normal and up which is great um i think there's still a lot of people that are <coughs> doing the covid camping thing since it's still a thing some places but yeah. um or their love for recreating has just they found it um, or they got into it, um, and now realize that they're going to do it more. So why not invest in that equipment? That's going to help them out. Right. You know, Instead of running one of it. Right. Like last year they get, they made it through with an igloo and this year they're going to run a, a Canyon. <laughs> this year they're going to run a good cooler. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with igloo. I mean, there's, there's, they stick around for a while. But, right. Uh, They've been around yeah. for a while. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's going to be a lot of it is a lot of folks have, I really hope a lot of folks have kind of gotten that spark yes i mean it, it'd be awesome if we can get that that many more advocates and you know you think about it a lot from the hunting standpoint but just the outdoors in general and, and um i know for me personally I, my big one i love around here is is our public land mm-hmm. and i mean being from new york being from a very private land state and then coming out here it's like 65 and change percent it's just, yeah, you want to check it out? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and I think a lot of folks are starting to figure that out. I mean, I've been, I'd like to come up to 17 today. Um, I could see a lot, you know, coming up through, uh, uh, is it the 79 goes to Sedona? But just, yes. Yeah. 179? Yeah, the one, yeah, the one. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's going to be yelling. It's the, <laughs> but, um, that exit down there. <laughs> but uh, seeing, you know, seeing all the campers off on the side, you know, uh-huh. coming up to like Orm School yep. and, you know, seeing all these folks. Um, uh, uh, what was the other one I saw? A Bloody Basin was fall today. Fall, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, great weather for it in Bloody Basin. I think it's a little bit cold up here still. But <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised, though. Um, you head out behind Lake Mary and there are uh, campers, tents everywhere. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Anywhere it's, the roads are open. Yeah, and that's going to be the big one because, I mean, I'm, I kept going heading down to this NWTF event, and that's what I'm worried about mostly is what kind of access is there going to be mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, worst comes to worst, we'll take the True Leather Express, you know, and just go out from, out from camp, and we'll just yep. hunt closer to camp. But um, it'd be kind of nice if you can kind of stretch your legs out and, and hunt a little bit more. But um, as far as the coolers, so you guys, I mean, to me, this seems like a lot of coolers. I mean, we're <laughs> we're in your warehouse right now, actually using a couple as as our stools today. Yep. Um, is this about normal inventory or? Um, 
It's about normal. There's a couple that were pretty light on. It, f- and it's funny to me. We've expanded the building, so um, uh, with where everything used to be before, it always used to feel crowded. But now that we're bigger, um, we have a lot of space. Um, turnover of coolers is real fast, so it might look like this all the time, but they're constantly in and out. Yeah, because um, I'm seeing a lot of them, um, a lot of palleted and. It seems like they're getting ready to get on a truck and get mm-hmm. out of here pretty soon. Yeah, April April is when it really heats up. It's not unusual to ship, you know, 20 to 40 pallets a week um, out of here. And that's just to retailers. That's That doesn't even include any of our direct-to-consumer uh, online sales. So. All right, so all these pallets, these are just going to dealers. Mm-hmm. Just Okay. Yep. Yeah, because you guys have a pretty – that's one thing I get a kick out of is how – big of a range of dealers you know how many options you have to to get mm-hmm. canyon coolers in the mm-hmm. state especially in in, in arizona your yes. home state yes um because i know back uh last year my folks visited in july and i i love my canyons that's why i'm here because I, I love <laughs> canyon coolers um but my dad really liked my uh i, I my favorite is my 22 uh-huh and he loved it so much that that's what he wanted. So it was for his birthday, um, which wasn't until August. We, we bought him a present early. But he went home with one. Um, but he couldn't find it. He couldn't, couldn't go to Bass Pro. Couldn't go to Sportsman's. Couldn't, none of, but um, Ace Hardware mm-hmm. was the only place he could find them was the hardware store, which I never even thought of going to Ace to, to find a cooler. Yeah. Um, most of the dealers will request that we throw them as a – dealer on our website so we do have a locator on there yeah uh, which is how i found out about these hardware (laughs) (laughs) yep and um and it's kind of funny because on some items that we are out of stock of we have dealers like we got 10 calls yesterday for this one skew and um and i get it yeah we're trying to catch up (laughs) 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 it's hard (laughs) sometimes but uh yeah it's you know we canyon started to service like the rafting community um, and, and from there, it's just grown. Um, then I know we're in some, you know, hunting, sporting goods related stores and stuff. We'd like to get into more of the, um, just outdoor stores, but into more hardware stores. We support some fishing companies as well. Mm. Um, and now for the last several years, like the Overland and off-road community has really yeah. uh, been a big part of it as well. So, yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I'm just watching um, one of your guys moving the. Because I was actually just going to ask, um, what your, uh, out of all the coolers you guys sell, because you guys have a lot of models and a lot of like model families. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the most popular model or popular? family out of all er, amongst everything you guys make the outfitter series is the bread and butter um honestly super popular that we sell a ton of the 22s um easy to carry around (laughs) right they're Um, they're great for the day just keep them in the truck they're great for the day and then probably last year they really came out with that similar size in the soft cooler to try to complement that but be different yeah. Um, but the 35 and 55 outfitters are the are the number one sellers um, here. Yeah. They're the best for ice retention, um, and they're they're easy to carry and move around. 
Yeah. Um, as like all roto-molded coolers get super heavy, uh, <laughs> when they especially when they're full. But yeah. Yeah, that's and that's it's kind of funny here because that's exactly what I run is a 22 and a 55, mm-hmm. and that's the 22 stays in the truck. Yep. That's you know I keep it in the shotgun seat, I keep it in the back seat. You know somebody can reach behind, you know grab a an iced tea or whatever. But but the 55, you know I like it because I, I can live out of it for a weekend easily. Yep. And you know that's. We owned a few canyons before I came to work here. Now that I work here, my husband's like, oh, I want one in that color. I don't have that size. <laughs> like, we need a bigger garage. Right. Because <laughs> you guys have some pretty, I mean, because, like, the outfitters, to me, are very utilitarian. Like they, They're great for everything. Yes. Kind of setup. But then you have, like, you only got a couple of stocks. they got to be pretty popular. But, like, you're... Your um, is the prospect, yes, prospector. Prospector, yes. Yeah, it's that's kind of more of a, a niche, but good for everything at the same time. Like it it's is. built for a niche, right? Yes, uh, that one was built specifically uh, for whitewater rafts. That's um, it's designed to fit in the frame of boats. Um, it's got a lip on it; it'll sit on those bars in that boat. Um, but once people outside the rafting realm figured that out. Um, I can order 30% more than we had last month, and we're still sold out. Really? uh, (laughs) Pretty popular model. It's becoming extremely popular, and as Canyon grows and gets more well-known across the U.S., uh, the more people want them. Yeah. Um, So um, trying to work on that. Um, We didn't talk about this earlier, but there's a line of coolers that are made in Prescott. One of them's also a rafting cooler, but it's bigger than the Prospector. Um, It's actually 150 quart. And we'll get a lot of um, guides or hunters that that use it, especially those that run camps where there's multiple people in and out of there. But then we've got our 45 and 65 that are pro. We call them the pro 45 and 65. And they're different than the Outfitter. They They come with a lot more accessories options. And... Um, we've got some upcoming things for it that I won't talk about because you know they're new and upcoming and right trade secrets. Trade secrets, yes. Uh, <laughs> but they're they're more versatile to fit into that camping. And with we had them before COVID hit, but but what's great about it is they have like the different tray options for them, or like those dividers that can be used as cutting boards. So now you're really catering to your camp site or your car camping or or what you want to do, just a bunch of different options um, to make it feel more like at home. You know, you got a camp kitchen and things like that uh, versus just a regular old cooler. Right, for just yeah. a regular cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of innovation has been going on. and uh-huh. And because that kind of stems out of, like, so you mentioned, like, Canyon came out of the rafting world. Mm-hmm. Like, the owner of the company, how did it come about? Like, was there... Did he have an issue with one and wanted to create his own? Or he just told me I was supposed to tell you that the clouds opened up and like the light shined down. And <laughs> okay, you know, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh. Uh, <laughs> he was actually uh, Canyon kind of is an accident, and um, he was like financing production for like a small company, and it kind of just didn't really work out the way that was going. So he took over and started from scratch. Um, okay. And at first it was just some generic coolers that they would bring in 
from overseas, like found a manufacturer or whatever, and then they'd spend a lot of time like fixing tooling or making adjustments in, you know, the garage yeah. and selling them to, to fit. But then after that, it was like they need to, um, there was a need for coolers in the rafting business here in Flagstaff. And uh, I just learned about this yesterday and I'd really like to find it, but there's something uh, called like coffin coolers that the raft companies used to use in town. So I'm assuming they're just giant boxes. Maybe it used to be an old coffin mold. I don't know. Fiberglass that they'd like spray foam in and that's what they'd use on the river trips. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, then those went away. And so um, since a lot of trips for the Grand Canyon and a lot of those businesses run out of Flagstaff, like there is a need for coolers for that industry. Yeah. Um, and then you know, naturally just have a cooler made that will fit into the market elsewhere to, to compete with, with other cooler companies. But this is year 11, um, for Canyon. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, cause you're, you're still a pretty young company then. Mm -hmm. Nice. I did, yeah. I was not aware. I didn't know how, I didn't know when Canyon had begun. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely a state. If you're going to market coolers, this is a very good state to good be state in. Good state to be in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, even just see somebody towing the buggy up the road, there's always a canyon strapped in the back of it. Yes. Or, yeah. Uh, not, always, not always a canyon, I guess, but some of them had the four-letter word on them. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's uh, always a cooler strapped on. And um, cause, you know, when when we moved here, that was one of the first things I needed was I, I got to have something. It's it's too dang hot. And it's even just trying to leave a – a bottle of Pepsi or something in the truck, and it just turns into just just warm. Warm, no, yeah, I got gross. It. <laughs> yeah, we got to do something else, and um, so some folks introduced me to to these smaller roto molded roto molded style coolers, and it's I don't know. I never thought I'd spend the money on one, but I won't run in anything else anymore mm -hmm. other than a roto mold. Yeah, um, it's hard when you get something that lasts for a long time. Right. Um, yeah, that's yeah. worth that upfront cost well you mentioned like having cutting boards i mean that's what i use the top of mine for yep. <laughs> it's <laughs> i mean you beat the snot out of them and they just keep going yep um but as far as the usage i mean like i said i use mine as a cutting board um i mean we're using them as chairs i mean they have so many uses but in order to maximize their effectiveness there's things you can do to Add longevity to your ice, I guess yep. we should say. Yep. Um, do you want to go into that a little bit? Like, how yes, can you sure can. maximize your coolers? Um, and this will be the same for any brand of roto-molded cooler. Is uh, you're going to want to pre-chill it, so there is some sacrificial ice at times that you'll yeah. go through, especially <laughs> if it's hot. But but you think about it, like that foam that's inside that cooler is the same as your ambient air temperature, so. Um, if you just throw all your stuff in there warm and you run out of ice on day one, well, that's every it's trying to cool your entire cooler plus everything in right. it. So that initial pre-cooling um, is super, super important. And if you've got reusable ice packs or water bottles or something that you're not just going to go buy a bag of ice yeah. for that will help out. But uh, pre-chill your drinks. Um, if you can pre-chill your food or even freeze it, um, that is uh, some of the best things to do. The number one killer of your ice is air. So how many times you open it um, affects that empty dead space in the cooler uh, kills 
kills your ice pretty fast too. Yeah. Um, for example, in the 35, you can fill it with drinks, but one bag of ice isn't going to cut it. You really kind of get more to that half and half um, ratio in that. And uh, the ice in your freezer at home is probably the worst ice you can put in your cooler. Um, Why is that? Like, it's just, it's porous. It's not cold enough. Um, if you want cube ice, um, buy the stuff from the store. Uh, like ready ice or something like that um leave it in the bag instead of like just letting it loose because you've got that that surface area like we were talking about earlier just to to keep that ice better you can use dry ice your cooler's not going to explode um (laughs) (laughs) and uh um but you gotta make sure to to put something over it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, use like newspaper or brown paper bag or something like to wrap that ice in. Mostly you want to protect the stuff that's in it and put it on the bottom. Don't put it on top. You'll wilt. If you have produce, it'll wilt all of it in there. Okay. Um, but uh, dry ice works great. Block ice is probably the best. Um, personally at home, we freeze milk jugs or water bottles and stuff to use. I'm just making sure we're still writing. Oh, got it. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, one of the tricks that uh, we had talked about uh, yeah. is when you get your cooler full, um, that you can put like one of those super thin yoga mats, cut it to size so it fits inside the body of the cooler. So it's between the lid and your ice. Um, and that'll help kind of k- keep it from releasing any of that cold air and stuff too. So, and uh Pretty good trick. Yeah. <laughs> Just be mindful of where, like, you put stuff in there. Like, if it's drinks and food, like, keep all your drinks on one side, food on the other. So, you're just, you know where it's at and keep that lid closed as much as possible. So Yeah. Because at least the, the air to keep that constant yes. circulation. Yeah. Um, so, one thing, and maybe I'm pulling this out of my rear, but... <laughs> I remember hearing someplace that, like, when you go to the store, I mean, your block ice is is your best bet. Mm-hmm. But when you're buying chunk ice, like, the stage of the ice has an effect. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was it was something, like, it was different between, like, a bag that's, like, you know, it's already kind of broken up versus mm-hmm. a bag that's frozen solid. Like, one was better than yeah, the other. Yeah, your solid piece is going to just be better than that loose ice. Right, you just, just have so much more of that surface area on that loose ice that that air is going to hit and, and eat at, yeah. eat away at all the time. So. Yeah, because like you were saying, like, it's, because I always think of it more like, so my professional background is in wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were always taught that everything in life is about energy it's mm-hmm. a, like um think of like a uh like an animal you know eating a plant to to gain like the energy comes up through the nutrients uh into the plant plant is just holding that energy and it just goes through the life cycle and that's the same way i'm kind of picturing the ice is that the ice is static energy and then you put that in the cooler but if it's the cooler is not pre-chilled all that energy is kind of leaking out and going to path of least resistance mm-hmm. and going into that, that foam and mm-hmm. that inner liner of plastic. And, and, and that's why like sacrificial ice always just melts. Yep, <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I, I got, um, well, I think I told, I know I told you, um, I got sacrificial ice in my 22 right now. I don't have any drinks in it yet. Just, just chill on that. And then I'm going to hit the store on the hit way. The store on the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's um, the Ice Academy on the website. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, if you go to canningcoolers.com and you click on the top, there's Shop or Explore, and you go to Explore, and you can click on the Ice Academy. And there's actually a couple videos on there on um, how to pack your cooler and some things you should go through. Um, there'll be some videos coming up soon on on basically how to pack your ice or what kind of ratios you should use, good ice, bad ice. Um, so those will be coming up soon as well. Nice. So that's via um, Canyon Cooler's website. Mm -hmm. And then you guys um, have a couple of social media accounts as well, too, if folks wanted to follow you there. Yes. Yep. We're Canyon Coolers on Facebook and Instagram as well. So. Nice. And then yeah. those are videos, I believe, were getting shared to the IGTV portion, I believe. I, yeah, we have some that are on the IGTV. There's also a YouTube channel that if uh, you're looking for something, you can just kind of do a basic Google search on canning coolers, ice retention, or stuff like that. Um, so. Very cool. And then we mentioned on the last one, um, do you want to go into if for potential creatives? Want to go yeah, into? Yeah, so there's a section on there um, under the Explore tab called Stories. And I don't know all the details, but the Canyon's <laughs> launching like some adventure grant kind of opportunities for people. So um, there's an opportunity there if you're creative um, and want to come up with some content uh, for Canyon or love your Canyon that much that you want to <laughs> show it off um, or just your adventures if you got if you got a trip uh, coming up or, um, you know, vacation or hunting or fishing or, or, or something. Um, there's a recent story on there about a couple coolers that went all the way down the Baja Peninsula. So, uh, check it out. There's a, there's a way to apply for the, uh, adventure grant if you're interested. So. Very cool. Yeah. So folks definitely be checking that out. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I think that's about where we got to wrap it up for you. I got I to hit the road. So. Yeah, you do. You got to go over there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we, we talked a lot longer than I thought we did. <laughs> but, anyways, um, thank you so much for coming on. And, hey, anytime. And, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun, and hopefully everybody got uh, some good learning out of this. I know I did. Mm -hmm. So, with that, I'll say goodbye. Yeah, bye. Thank you. Yep.